Welcome to Continual Gift of Self, the podcast of talks for Verinos and homilies from Loper Catholic and St. Teresa of Calcutta Newman Center. You can learn more about St. Teresa's and the Lord's work on the college campuses in Kearney, Nebraska by connecting with us on our website, lopercatholic.org, as well as our Facebook and Instagram pages with the handle at lopercatholic. With all that out of the way, enjoy this installment of Continual Gift of Self, and please pray for us. God bless. Today we celebrate the fifth Sunday of an ordinary time. Continue in order, in order time until we get to the season of Lent. Um, this ordinary time or order time is a time of discipleship. We continue to learn how to be disciples, to follow after our Lord. He continues to teach us uh, in new, uh, not new ways, but in deep and profound ways. Today we continue with Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, the greatest sermon ever, ever given. And today Jesus moves. I guess last week we heard the Beatitudes. Today we hear uh, the famous passage that you and I have heard many times in our life. And in fact, if we've come to Sunday Mass, we've heard it a lot uh, throughout our life. Um, the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And so just a couple things uh, to highlight this. And then I want to show us in what ways we can take this and continue our preparation to enter into the season of Lent so that our hearts may be converted more deeply uh, to the Lord. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. So salt. You know, all of you know that I enjoy to cook, enjoy cooking. Um, I'm sure all of you do know that by now. Um, but salt, if secret to cooking, I have no magical powers. I'm actually not that great. All you have to do is salt it right. That's all it comes down to, honestly. A good piece of Nebraska beef, if you do anything other than put a little salt and pepper on it, you've probably messed it up. So just salt brings out the flavor in food. It enhances it. Uh, it highlights it. Um, it, it. It brings it to a whole different level. If you don't salt your food, it tastes quite bland. You ever tried to eat a potato with no salt on it? It's, it's okay. It's food. But it, when you put a little salt on it, all of a sudden, wow, this is great. All I did was add a little salt. Salt of the earth. Jesus says if it loses its taste, what, can, what is it good for just to be trampled underfoot? Salt without taste is sand. The texture, right? It's, what do you do with sand? You walk on it. You don't put it on your food. So this is what he's talking about. It's the image he's drawn us to. But there's something much deeper going on with this image of salt. And Leviticus, Leviticus 2 the people were instructed to offer their cereal offering, not cereal like Raisin Bran, cereal meaning their bread or the grain offering to the Lord with salt. And they were to place that offering with, so grain or bread, like a little cake with a glass of wine on the altar, sound familiar, to the Lord, to share a meal with God. And they were to offer this with salt. So the prescription of God. One of that to flavor, the, to enhance the offering, this gift of salt. So Jesus has this in mind, and his Jewish hearers would have received it that way. They understand immediately what salt is ultimately used for. To offer a, a more enhanced, a more beautiful sacrifice and offering to God. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. You and I are the salt of the earth. 
you and I, as followers of Jesus Christ, are to bring an enhancement to the human experience. We're to bring an enhancement to people's lives, to highlight what is good, and to help people make an offering of themselves to God and to each other. To make a sacrificial offering of ourself to God. We're the salt of the earth. If we lose our taste, then we become like sand. That just sits on the shore and people walk on us and set up their beach chairs and hang out and watch the water. You and I are the salt of the earth. We're to bring, as disciples of Jesus, flavor to this world and ultimately to the heavenly Jerusalem. You are the light of the world. You're the light of the world. Light. Just celebrated the presentation of the Lord. Bless candles. Uh, we remember all the different vigils throughout the year, especially the Easter vigil. The light of Christ enters into the darkness. We sing the exultat. We exult that light, that presence of God, bringing light into the darkness. Jesus Christ um, comes into the darkness of sin and death, and He brings the light of God, the presence of God. And you and I, at our baptism, what did we receive? The priest says, "Receive the light of Christ." After we're baptized, after we go into the waters, there's a rite where the priest before is addressing our parents. You're about to have your child baptized in the faith. Do you understand this? Yes, we do. After the baptism, he looks at the baptized and says, You are the light of the, receive the light of Christ. Bring this light into the halls of heaven. It's a light of faith. It's the light of Christ that we've been entrusted with at our very baptism. That's confirmed in confirmation that we are God's sons and daughters. It's nourished in the Eucharist reconciled in confession healed in anointing espoused in marriage ordained in priesthood and the episcopacy, the bishops we are the light of the world the light to all nations you and I being handed this are a city set on a mountain the new Jerusalem that light of faith that we bring is to be shown to the world that light in the darkness. We are to make manifest the gospel. To make incarnate the gospel message. To shine this light before the whole world. And just like any lamp, I don't recommend doing this if you have a candle, If you put a bushel basket over it, you might burn your house down. Number one, bad idea. But number two, what good is a light that's hidden? Nothing. It's still dark. It's hidden. It's on, but it's hidden. Our light is not meant to be hidden. We're the salt of the earth and the light of the world. This is Jesus... This isn't like him just telling us something nice to think about and contemplate. He's proclaiming fact, reality. And remember, the Beatitudes were this beautiful gift of of Jesus telling us 
You want to be happy? The ultimate goal of your, of your life is eternal happiness? This is the roadmap, and now he's laying that out. What that looks like to live the Beatitudes, the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Okay, that's great, Father. Now how do I do that? What does that look like? Especially as I prepare to enter into Lent. Funny you should ask. Our first reading hints at it. But Holy Mother Church, our Lord, and really the heart of the Gospel, the way we live out being the salt of the earth and the light of the world, your heart is drawn to say, what's the action? Corporal works of mercy. The corporal works of mercy. These are ways that we can live out this gospel message today. We can live out our Lent so our heart is converted. Feed the hungry. Feed the hungry. You and I probably don't have to worry about the meal we eat today. And it's not a guilt trip, it's just to reflect. I certainly haven't, very clearly, worried about a meal in a long time. Now you and I can't also just drive around and look for people that are... Are you hungry? Are you hungry? But there are organizations that help. There are opportunities to do that. So your fast, as you prepare and contemplate, Lord, are you calling me to fast and in what ways during Lent? Well, I would, if I fast, say on a Friday, just have a bread and water fast, for instance, I would have spent whatever on my meals that day. Ten bucks, whatever you spend on meals during 15. You go to fast food, it's minimum 15 now. Very expensive. <laughs> Just have a jar on your table and put the money in that. This is what I would have eaten today. Let's collect that through the week, or through the through all of Lent. Then on Easter, give that to somewhere. Jubilee here in town, a place that helps feed the uh, feed the homeless. There's a soup kitchen in town um, as well. Just hand the money over and say, "Here you go." You can also volunteer at soup kitchens and places like that. Um, they definitely take volunteers to help just encounter, encounter those who have, who have less than us. Give drink to the thirsty. Same principle. But to think about, I, I had an opportunity to go to El Salvador in seminary. So there's a little village there called L'Aquila. And the village uh, sits um, two miles south of a um, I don't know, it's a factory. In the factory, there's less regulations in El Salvador. It's a factory dumps all their wastewater in the river that runs right past the town. It's poisoned the groundwater. Now, most of the villagers in that town have lead poisoning. Just the blessing of clean water that we have, especially in Nebraska with the Ogallala Aquifer. We've got tons of clean water here. So just consider, like, how do I use water? How long is my shower? That kind of thing. Just little things. Take two minutes off of it. Two minutes less of a shower? If all of us did that, I mean, we can't just like bottle that. And I mean, there's practicalities to things, right? But it's 
It's my offering of self. There's little things that we can do. Shelter the homeless. You're getting the idea, right? Shelter the homeless. It's an organization in Denver that St. Teresa's has a great relationship with, Christ in the City, that works with those on the street. Um, They walk and become friends with those people on the streets. They, you know, they can only take so many volunteers per year and they have lots of colleges visit and there's a whole structure with that. Um, But to support them in different ways. It's one of many organizations. The the CFR uh, uh, fathers and sisters in New York and around the world also work with homeless every day, help them with drug addiction, uh, help them have uh, what they need. They say homeless, the biggest thing they need is like socks is a big thing. Um, they're never, you can always, they never run out of need of socks, for instance. Things like that, toiletries, that kind of thing. So just helping them out, shelter the homeless, help them um, the best we can, working together. Visit the sick. We all have sick in our families, so that's an idea. Um, people in hospitals, nursing homes. Um, even if you don't want to, even if it's hard for you to visit, People in nursing homes, let me tell you, just just do a letter writing campaign. Send them a card. Say, just thinking about you and praying about you. Who are you? I have no idea, but I'm thinking about you and praying about you. Who cares? You matter. They're forgotten. <clears throat> There's so many people I visit and that I have visited in nursing homes. Their family has completely forgotten about them. They haven't had a visitor in years. They're just rotting away in the nursing home just send them a letter even if you don't know them just send 10 letters to a nursing home walk over hand it to the nurse and say just hand these to 10 random people doesn't matter just getting a card or a letter or something completely changed their day and their life potentially just little things like that caring for and tending to the sick visit prisoners so opportunities um, to do to go to the jail, but there's a lot of process of getting in and visiting the prisoners. If you're excited by that, there's a need for it. But the USCCB had a great idea um, sending Christmas presents to to kids whose parents are in prison. Figuring out a way of like organizing that, and I'm sure we could figure something out here to help that effort. If you have that idea or that excitement, let me know. It's a way to to care for the, those in prison, but also pray for them and their conversion. And then, lastly, bury the dead. This is something that is a very rich tradition in our church. And uh, my previous assignment many years ago at St. Patrick's, there were. There was a group of about 25 people of the parish who went to every single funeral mass. They didn't even know half the people. But they went to the mass and they prayed for the soul that reposed. See a funeral if you've you got a free morning or something. You see a Prince of Peace or St. James. We don't have any here, thank God. We're all college students, so that would be kind of tragic. <laughs> Um, Prince of Peace and St. James have funerals all the time sometimes two or three a week see one on the calendar got an open morning just go to the funeral mass I don't know who that is doesn't matter 
These are corporal works of mercy. They're easy and they're not really a suggestion of things to do during Lent by God, although I, I propose them as that. Remember, Jesus says, when you die, you stand before the judge. The goats he'll put on, on his left and the sheep on his right. To the goats he'll say, when I was hungry, you didn't give me drink or food. When I was thirsty, you didn't give me drink. When I was naked, you didn't clothe me. Be gone from my sight. It's the basics of being a disciple and following Jesus, being salt of the earth and the light of the world. May God help us discern in what area we can grow uh, with these things to begin to live them out in our life.